any like big differences between Mark Letestu, the player, and Testy as a coach? When I was playing in Edmonton, Mark was always the older guy. He had he had kids, he had a wife, and I was just this snot-nosed puke that just got into the league. <laughs> I always respected him and always thought of him, you know, at the highest level. And I'm older and definitely more in, in his shoes than before. But you know, there's still that uh, there's still that camaraderie, and you know, I'm able to um, have that inside edge with Test, and I think he really helps me out a lot. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Monsters Eye View podcast alongside Nicole Del Villano. I am Tony Brown, and we have a terrific guest for you here today on the show, Brandon Davidson, defenseman for the Monsters, assistant captain with the club, and uh, a guy that has seen a whole lot throughout an extensive hockey career that has brought him to the National Hockey League, the American League, overseas, and a lot of interesting uh, uh, teammates and experiences along the way. So just a tremendous chat with Brandon Davidson, Nicole. I know I'm excited to share this one with the fans because I really feel like we come away from this conversation knowing a little bit more about Brandon as a a person and also sort of about his motivation for what he does for a living. And that's, uh, you know, compete as he does so well for Cleveland. Yeah, what a like down to earth positive guy. That was a fun conversation. I'm really excited for everyone to hear, especially as a newcomer to the team and someone who, like you said, stepped into such a leadership position. The fans will get to know him, get to know him a little better. Uh, I just got a text from him just now who said this will make sense to our listeners who listen to the whole show. He's taking Al Montoya from the Montreal Canadiens as his goalie. He just said that right now. So, all right. So that'll make sense later. So for that, you got to listen to the entire podcast here with that. We'll take a quick break here on the monsters. I view podcast on the other side. We'll hear from Brandon Davidson. And if you uh, like getting to know these guys away from the ice, you'll love this chat. We learn a lot about the path he has taken to find his way to Cleveland and some of the obstacles he's had to overcome and persevere through throughout his life and his career. So a great chat with Brandon Davidson. That is next on the Monsters I View podcast. All right, back on the Monsters Eye View podcast. Our guest today is Brandon Davidson. And uh, Brandon, we're so happy that you've taken a few moments to join us here. Really appreciate it. With Nicole Del Villano, I'm Tony Brown. But uh, yeah, Brandon, thanks a lot. Man. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, So I thought a logical place to start today would just be kind of with your start to the season. Now, I know this is something you and I have talked about a little bit, but you had a little bit of an adventure to find your way back to North America and uh, the American Hockey League this year. So tell us how your 22-23 season was supposed to start and then kind of what happened from there. Yeah, kind of a kind of a crazy start to the season. Um, In the summertime, I'd signed a a two year contract with the Kuhnman Red Stars in the KHL. I had uh, flown into uh, Moscow, um, despite everything going on in the world. I, I made that decision and I flew in. And when I had arrived, um, just like anywhere else, I had to clear medicals. Now, when I, when I uh, did my medicals, they had discovered that I had a heart murmur. And that is something that I had reported to them in the past when uh, in the summertime and something that was actually found at the combine um, in 2012. And so I've been playing with this, with this murmur for my whole career, 10 years now professionally, and it it never seemed to be an issue, but um, there is uh, an absolute zero tolerance policy in the KHL. And I I didn't know that. Um, I don't think my general manager knew that. And so it was up to the doctors um, in the KHL, uh, kind of their board. And they decided that, um, 
I wasn't going to be able to play. Now, that was a shock to me as I flew a million miles to get there and had changed my life to be there. And and, and now I was being told that, um, you know, I wasn't going to be able to participate. And so I uh, unfortunately had to go back home and try and get um, a new job. Now, I, I, looked, uh, I looked everywhere in Europe in several leagues in Sweden and Germany and Switzerland. And at that time, they had already begun their season and had a full roster. And when I looked over in North America, everybody had their roster. The NHL clubs, American League teams had pretty well filled up. And so I was stuck at home um, actually practicing with um, the WHL Hurricanes in Lethbridge. Um, they were so kind to look after me and take care of me being a hometown guy there, which was really appreciative and super helpful. And I was able to sign a PTO in Rochester, New York, a team that I had played for um, the past previous season. I signed a PTO there for about two weeks or three weeks. And then Cleveland come calling when they ran into some injury problems and it's been a dream ever since. Yeah. You know, timing is such a big part of it, right? You mentioned like, you know, you have your season planned out. And then by the time things change, everyone else has their plans locked in, but that kind of odd timing worked out for you in coming to the monsters because, you know, the monsters have a need on defense as the early part of the season unfolded there. And all of a sudden, right away, boom, there you are playing top pair of minutes wearing a letter on your uniform. I mean, this Cleveland thing seems to have come along at the right time for you. Yeah. Timing is everything. It didn't seem like anything was really working out to begin with, but um, it's crazy how things kind of unfold. And I was able to kind of get the opportunity here and with the situation, you know, I've been able to run with it and I've been able to play those top minutes and being an older guy being 31 here now and stuff. That's all I can really care about is, you know, getting to play and, and, you know, being a leader on this team. And, you know, I'm able to do that with the minutes I play, but also in the locker room as well. Going back a little, because that story is just sort of crazy. I mean, for lack of a better word, but you know, we talk a lot about guys who play overseas and in the KHL and like the language bears and everything. So like when all of that's happening, like how, like you talk about it so calmly, but like, how did all of that like play out for you? Like, is there a language barrier between you and the doctors and the GM and everything? Yeah. I mean, language barrier was huge between the doctors. Um, the general manager is actually, um, from Toronto. So there was no barrier there, but in speaking with the doctors, that was really hard to get an understanding of, of how serious, you know, my condition was. I hadn't had it checked in over one year and I had had COVID during the previous season. And so it kind of made me think that maybe something had gotten worse, that maybe, you know, this was a serious issue. And so when I found out that, you know, this was going to be a problem, I immediately had to send my results to Toronto, which um, the NHL doctors and a cardiovascular doctor looked at the results to basically make sure that I was okay. Cause I was kind of really worried that maybe, you know, this had worsened and, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's time that I had to step back, you know, maybe that language barrier made that a little harder to, to go through because I was definitely on pins and needles and in a very vulnerable spot, not understanding what was completely going on. And so um, I was able to get that cleared up with Toronto and, and, understand that, you know, the, there's different policies in Russia than there is, you know, in here, obviously. And so uh, once I was able to clear that up and understand the situation and learn that I was, you know, more than okay to keep playing, um, I kind of settled in and, you know, started the hunt for a new job. <laughs> 
That's crazy. And honestly, like you just, the way you say it, like, I, I can't imagine what my reactions would be. So like kudos for you with all of it, which, you know, sort of leading into it, I know we discussed it quickly, but you know, you've had a medical situation pop up before in training camp back your um, first year. And just, you know, I know a lot of our fans may not know, but um, just, can you sort of talk about that and just, you know, becoming pro and what, what you went through and everything? Yeah. i not the first, the Russian um, situation wasn't the first time I had to deal with the healthcare. My first year uh, playing pro um, for the Edmonton Oilers farm team in Oklahoma City, I had developed testicular cancer, something that happens to a lot of young men and uh, very uh, treatable, but also another process which I had to go through where it involves surgery and chemotherapy and um, a lot of time to recover. And so, you know, it, it's it's always kind of been that way for me. And so when, when, you know, this thing came up, I was, you know, trying to check off boxes and make sure that I understood completely what was going on so that, uh, you know, I could attack it kind of head on. Obviously that's something that's shocking to hear for anybody that receives a diagnosis that's so serious, but how did you balance at that point in your life, you know, your feelings about embarking on your pro career with maybe the bigger picture and just living a successful and happy and healthy life going forward, given this situation you've encountered, it seems like a whole lot for a young player to be taking in on and off the ice all at the same time. Yeah, it definitely was, you know, very hard. I didn't understand uh, completely uh, what was going to happen next for me when that, when I did, you know, get to notice that, you know, I had testicular cancer. And I think my very first question was, can I still play hockey? <laughs> is yeah. this, is this going to affect my career? Because basically my career hadn't even started yet. It was kind of the first, first year pro and first time in my life where something came up you know, personally where, where it was going to threaten my life. I had a good support system. Um, my mother, my father, my brothers are, were, you know, completely behind me. And, and, um, even, even my teammates um, ended up shaving their heads. And when I was losing my hair and, you know, I just, I've always had a glass half full kind of perspective. And when these things kind of come up, you just deal with them and, and kind of move forward. And um, I was fortunate enough to come out of that, um, not unscathed, but um, I came out of it uh, being able with my life. And I was able to kind of take that new perspective and, and put it into, you know, my life and what I really wanted. And I, honestly, from that moment on, it really kind of pushed me to achieve my goals and to become an NHL player. And and um, so I did it. That's awesome. So Thank you. with all your playing, um, another little fun fact that I know Tony let me in on, but your playing brought you a familiar face on our team now, but you played with uh, Mark Latestu in your career, right? Yeah, he was, um, he was one of the players that played for the Edmonton Oilers and we played together for two years. He was a little bit older than I was and um, more of a role model for me, but um, a teammate nonetheless and a very good person and, and, you know, really helped me along my way. Even those first couple of years when, you know, you're kind of tiptoeing around the league and even in the <laughs> locker room. So um, he was, I was very fortunate to see him again here in Cleveland. It's definitely a little bit different coach player aspect instead of, uh, you know, player player. But, um, you know, I think there's, there's a good respect level between us and, and, a good friendship you know it's uh it's it's really nice to work with people like him who who are so smart and, and intelligent and know the game and it's actually kind of been a blast from the past working together again yeah any any like big differences between mark letestu the player and testy as a coach like anything come to mind you know what i was thinking about that 
um, earlier on when I first arrived here. And when I was playing in Edmonton, Mark was always the older guy. He had he had kids, he had a wife, and I was just this snot-nosed puke that just got into the league. <laughs> and um, it was always kind of, I always respected him and always thought of him, you know, at the highest level. And we had definitely a friendship together, but um, it wasn't, we were very close, just different aspects of our lives were, where we're different with him having kids and me being this new, this new kid on the block. And it didn't really, uh, it didn't really change over the years. I think that even now I'm older and definitely more in, in his shoes than before, but you know, there's still that, uh, there's still that camaraderie and, you know, I'm able to um, have that inside edge with test. And I think he really helps me out a lot. We're talking here with Brandon Davidson on the latest edition of the monsters. I view podcast and uh, Brandon, we're kind of talking then and now got another kind of then and now question for you. Um, so you're in the American hockey league now, of course, last couple of years, um, you had a great uh, chunk of time in the National Hockey League. And before that, you had some AHL time, too. So I'm wondering, you know, when you think about the American League specifically, back to when you started playing in it and till today, how has the league evolved? What are some of the differences you've seen in the AHL from then to now and sort of what it's become as this like primary artery to get players to the NHL? Yeah, I think uh, I think some of the differences are very subtle, but some of them are very noticeable. I think the skill level in the American League has definitely changed. I think it's a a much higher quality than it was before. It might have been a little, uh, a lot of it rough and tougher. There was uh, a lot more fights. It was more physical. But the game I see now down here is much more um, developed and and more skillful. And it's really kind of evolved into this place that I can't really recognize from the start, just being so different. But I think it's in a place now where where you see a lot of guys go up and down and back and forth where. As before, it wasn't like that. It was um, it was a lot harder to get you know that that opportunity in the NHL. Where now it seems like there's there's so much skill that you know these players are making leaps and bounds a little faster. Well, Brandon, uh, just wanted to say again, thank you. It's been really great to talk to you. Uh, the way we like to end every episode, though, we I mentioned this to you earlier. We do this special. It's the signature segment of the show. It's on the coal, and it's called the shootout. So, Nicole, I'll kick it over to you for our uh, world famous shootout segment. All right. We got three rounds. I'll give you an easy one first. So for our fans that don't know you yet, especially, what is your favorite thing to do outside of the rink? Oh, my favorite thing outside of the rink is to eat. I love going to different restaurants, trying different cuisines, having good meals. And I know that doesn't sound like much of a hobby, but I do do that a lot. And I really enjoy that. Have you had a favorite in Cleveland so far? Um, yes, uh, so far. And I haven't been to uh, enough places yet, but um, favorite place is Marble Room. Okay, that's a good, good one. one. I do right. like, be, being from Alberta, I do like a good steak and that place cooks a phenomenal steak right they definitely do um okay second one which is a little bit harder and you could take your time to answer but let's say you are on the ice you got three forwards you got a pair of defensemen you got a goalie who are the other people on the ice for you in like this dream situation you could play with anybody ever that is a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go like, you know, um, players you looked up to as a kid, favorite yeah. players, but also, you know, it could be maybe guys you played with that you have strong relationships with anything you want, go in any direction you want. Okay. Well, my very first pick is uh, Jumbo Joe, Joe Thornton. He's a player I ended up playing with in San Jose while I was there. Um, I ended up living with him and his family and, um, He's one of those players that just, you know, always had that edge and, you know, he brought that excitement and that fun to the game and um, playing with him, you know, it, he's, uh, 
he's world renowned for for his performances over the years but um a very good man and a very good uh, person to me and um he would definitely be my first person i'd have on my team i think um my defense partner would be Andre Sakara, played long time in the National Hockey League. And one of my first partners playing in Edmonton, just a phenomenal player and, and uh, a fun person to be around. And um, I do miss that man a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, my wingers would be, well, I would probably throw uh, Jordan Everly in there. Uh, we actually played together in, um, in junior hockey in the WHL for the Regina Pats. Uh, ended up playing together in Edmonton and in Long Island. Great friend of mine and another player that, um, you know, just is still doing it all and, and, and has done it all. And one of those guys that's just undeniable. And last but not least, well, let me see here. <laughs> this is hard. I'm trying to think of the teams. Oh, um, I'm going to take uh, Jonathan Tate. I had a brief <laughs> stint in Chicago. I was actually uh, unfortunate to get injured that season that ended my year, but just another player that, you know, is just a phenomenal human being off the ice, tremendous leader and, you know, even better hockey player. So that would be my lineup. You got a goalie. Oh yes. Um, my goalie would be, who's my goalie. <laughs> this is a tough question. I don't want hey, to with a lineup like that. You don't really need a goalie, I guess. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. That's true. All right. We'll give you a pass um, on the goalie. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Know, you. That was a great, <laughs> appreciate the thought that, that went into that answer. That was awesome. I know. I appreciate all the thought, especially like, I know your hockey career is extensive, but man, you started listing out some of those names and then have like little anecdotes. I was like, okay, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a, I've been, I've been very fortunate to play long and on, on a lot of teams. And so it, it's just been a blast. Well, you sort of set me up perfectly for the last shootout question that I had for you, which is obviously, you know, you have such a positive attitude. You've had such a extensive career, played so many places. What's a piece of advice you'd give to younger players in the league? work work your ass off work and don't stop even when everybody else isn't you keep working and and um dream big i like it Perfect. that's Good great hey, yeah great job on the shootout great job on the entire show thank you so much brandon we really appreciate it thank you yes thank you guys for having me very or thank you very much for having me i appreciate it so much Back in the Monsters IQ podcast with Nicole Del Villano. I'm Tony Brown. Nicole, how much fun was that? Brandon Davidson, we had some laughs. We learned some things. And, and really, I, I come away with it. I don't know about you, but just with uh, a great appreciation and respect for what he's had to experience and overcome in his life and his hockey career to fulfill his dreams. Uh, it's been a remarkable journey. You can say that about a lot of guys, but you can definitely say it about Davey. Yeah. I couldn't help but like smile the whole time. He was just so nice and such a positive attitude. You can't help but take a little bit of that in, but it was amazing to, to hear all of it, whether it's the, like I said, him picking his um, players that were on the ice with him was so much fun to hear, but also man, just his journey uh, with last the beginning of this year and the start of his career and everything. It, it's just amazing to hear, you know, how he, how he sees it all. A lot of fun. Great to share that with the fans. And uh, thanks as always, Nicole. Great job. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Thanks so much. Good, good pick for that one. Yeah. So we'll keep it rolling here. Uh, we had a little bit of a break there on the Monsters Eye View podcast, but we'll be back at it with more great guests, players, coaches, folks from across hockey as we move throughout the remainder of the 22-23 AHL season. But that's it for this episode. Some thank yous to hand out, of course, to our guest, Brandon Davidson, who was outstanding. And Nicole, thanks to you 
Uh, I'm Tony Brown saying thanks most of all to you, the listeners, for being a part of this latest edition of the Monsters I View podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.